Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you this day from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, when you see Jesus flipping tables over and chasing folks with a whip for selling in the temple, times have kind of changed. It's not that there aren't still people selling in church. You still find televangelists making millions of dollars for themselves off of people's desperations. And this is disgusting and as unchristian now as it was then. But what's different here in Nebraska? Like, honestly, what would it take to drive somebody out of church today? I, I mean, sure, they're making the house of prayer a den of robbers, but, you know, at least they came. There's a kind of desperation we put on in our churches, and it's not attractive to anyone. It's not that we'll take all sinners. We should, and we always will, do that. It's just that we are completely and utterly blown away that somebody would want to be here in the first place. From your kids that grew up and moved out, and now you have to guilt trip them and bribe them to get them here, to a community that seems content to have breakfasts and lunches and community events, knowing full well that there's church going on and they'll do it right without us, to the idea that folks would dare to wait even a couple of hours to start a high school tournament on Sundays. Those days are gone, and we are completely flabbergasted that somebody might actually dare to miss the first couple hours of the tournament so that they can be in God's house hearing his word. We just don't understand why anybody would want to be here. We don't want to rock that boat. It's gotten to be that we know the institution needs to stand. We get what it should look like. But if we were put on the spot, the honest-to-God spot, with our kids who don't want to be here, with our community that doesn't see the point, and maybe, just even maybe, with ourselves, who are frustrated with the whole thing too, could we explain why we actually do this stuff? Why we are here? Let alone why they would ever want to be. Because if we can't, if we can't honestly say why we're here, well, why bother? Honestly, our conduct might be a little bit less profitable than the people selling goods in the time of Jesus, but I think we kind of have the same problem that they did all those years ago. It's not that they aren't in temple. It's that they don't expect God to be. I mean, at least not really. And if God isn't here, why bother? Other than it's always been this way. So some people have stopped going altogether. Some at least tried to make it fun because, you know, if you're going to set aside a building for something, let's at least make it like a PG version of the rest of the world and try to have some fun. And some tried to make it profitable. But it's the same thing underneath the coins changing hands and the people getting riches that off other people's desperation. I don't feel God here. I don't see much evidence. Things are too bad out there. This place is too ordinary, and I'm just not sure it matters. So let's do something that at least makes me feel something. Let's find something to feel different than it feels everywhere else, or at least let's make it worth our while to be here financially. Because if God is everywhere, and it looks this dark anyway, 
And us going here doesn't seem to change that fact. What are we even doing? See, if church is nothing more than making excuses to people who skip church for the Jesus, who you are pretty sure skip church too. I mean, I'd be half in tears too. Christ weeps over the city. He weeps over it, saying, Would that you, even you, had known on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up a barricade around you, and they will surround you and have you in on every side, and they will tear you down to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave one stone upon another in you, because you did not know the time of your visitation. Jesus weeps over the temple. And it all falls apart because they don't know the time of their visitation. That God would actually be present. That God would actually show up. And those dark days, they are now. We put on bright, smiling faces to come to church, but I guarantee you that every single Sunday you are here, there is at least one person smiling outwardly while everything is secretly falling apart in their lives. And we actually do have something to say to them other than, hey, at least you're here. It's not that we're in the temple. It's that Jesus is in the temple for us. It's that God actually visits his people on our darkest of days to comfort and to save. Being here is worthless if God isn't here. It just is. But if he is actually present in a meaningful way, it completely changes what this place is about. It is not just a one-hour escape from the things that we like to criticize here. It is not just an institution standing for the sake of yet another institution so that we can talk about the good old days or wish for better ones. And it's not something that we have to sell folks on at all. Desperate that they actually want to stick around. It's nothing more than Jesus here for sinners for you and for me, for everything underneath false smiles, for every last sin that I am too ashamed to even mention out loud, for every last awful thing that has fallen apart in my life and I cannot find the reason why for, for every last terrible death that has overwhelmed us, that we are desperate for an answer for, a victory for, a life for. God is here for you. It's not just that God is everywhere. It's that God is here for you. The for you is the part that matters. God being everywhere that answers no questions. Honestly, it makes nobody feel better. You can tell somebody after the worst day of their life that God is present, but if that has not changed a single thing for them, then what is the point? God was present when tornadoes have gone through towns, leaving behind wreckage. God was present when doctors said there was nothing more they can do. God is present at funerals. But what's the point? For you. For you makes everything. God being present brings all kind of threat because he will tell you the truth about the situation. It is called the law. If you do this, you get that. If you abandon me, you are on your own. If you hurt each other, you will hurt. That's what we find out there. It is God's word being played out in front of our eyes. The law that brings no comfort. Diagnosis a problem just fine. Does nothing to fix it. It just brings explanations to the darkness. But they would have known the days that made for peace if only they had known the visitation.
the visitation, meaning God knows exactly what it looks like down here too, and he knows whose fault it is. It's my fault. It's your fault. But God visits the darkness anyway, bringing light to darkness, and the darkness shall not overcome it. Visitation means knowing exactly how bad it is. God shows up with meaning, with power, with might, to save and comfort and forgive, to grant light that should not exist down here, but yet it does. God visited Jerusalem not just to whip folks, but to bear the strikes himself for sinners, to bleed and to die, to redeem and save. Christ showed up to save. This is the gospel, not just the law. Things will not go the way they are supposed to. And even when they fall apart completely, they rise again. We show up here because God parks himself here every single Sunday morning for you to eat and drink, to hear and listen to, to know that however dark things get out here, it is not too dark for our God to save you from. To know that we gather not just to wish for brighter tomorrows, but to know that God is here with us in the present darkness today. To know that as much as we are going through and as much as we have done, he will not and cannot abandon in us, but he will drag us through this place week by week by week until we finally do see him face to face. But even now, even here, God visits his people. He makes himself present in his temple for you, not just to tell you what's wrong and whose fault it is, but to grant healing and comfort, to forgive and save, to let you stand here forgiven and holy and righteous that you would dare to expect better, even knowing that you don't deserve it. God would put himself here for you. And that makes all the difference in the world because your God shows up to save. And that continues week after week, day after day. Yeah, you can find money here. It's not that money is bad. It's that using money as a replacement for the God that you think gave up on you ah, because he's long gone. That's just sad. Taking advantage of people because you don't think God will be here to do anything about it. That's just desperation turned ugly. But more, wishing folks would stick around just so you don't feel quite so foolish for being here yourself. That's, that's cowardice. But God shows up here for us sinners, for me and for you, even when we look and think like this. This is a house of prayer. But more, this is a house of God. Because he shows up for me and for you. Because as much as we don't think anybody else would want to be here, God is desperate to be here for you, for me, for all. The temple is nothing more than a house of God because he shows up not just to answer our prayers, but to be the answer, the very source of life and goodness and hope, to grant resurrection, to grant forgiveness, to grant the peace that the world cannot get their heads around. But these are his own promises, given under bread and wine, in body and blood for you, for you, to eat and drink and know you are not alone in this mess. For you, to know that you, you are forgiven for what you have done to contribute to it. And to know that, yeah, the church stands at the very gates of hell, and hell is hot, but it shall not prevail. Because God is actually in the fortress. God is the fortress. God is the strength. And to abide in here is to abide in him him who has already conquered death, him who has already forgiven sin, him who has promised to redeem and to save, that whatever falls apart around us, God would rebuild alive and well. For the temple was torn, not one brick laid upon another. The temple of God died upon a cross, but it was rebuilt in three days. For Christ is risen, and he is here for you.
Amen. And now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds unto life everlasting. Amen.